Welcome to the Be Real Podcast. I'm Diana Gasparoni. I'm a visionary psychotherapist, CEO, and founder of Be Well Psychotherapy and Be Her Programs. I am Ednisha Salisbury. I am a therapist, speaker, trainer, and co-creator of Black Woman Be Whole. Each week, we will talk about the journey of mental health wellness. We will talk about why your mental health is just as important as your physical health and the connection that being mentally well has on all areas of your life. We will be interviewing psychotherapists, doctors from both Eastern and Western disciplines, authors, change makers, thought leaders, and more. Our mission is to bring you information that is both thought provoking and encourages you to look closer at your mental and emotional well-being. We give you tips and insights to taking the next steps. If you have already gotten into the door, we'll get you to go a little deeper. Each week, we're going to have real conversations, helping you work through your mental wellness questions and reminding you that you are not alone. Mental wellness is our passion. We practice what we preach. It is our mission to touch as many souls as we can with this content and leading you to a place of mental clarity and well-being. So for the next hour, let's work together, lay back on the couch and get real. Well, hello and welcome back to um, I'm your host, Diana Gasparney, and my co-host, Misha Salisbury, is on a much-needed, much-needed break today. But I am so excited because I have replaced her today with some of my favorite people. I got members of my team here. So where am I going to start? I'm going to let them introduce themselves. They might give you some information about their Zodiac, which is what we were just talking about, um, and get to know some of my team. And before we get to that, I just wanted you all to know we're also, uh, our first live event this morning is from our new spot in Hoboken. You can see behind us, woo woo. Uh, Jess and Amber got together and got us, for those of you who don't know what that's called, I did not, it's called a step and repeat so you can step in front of it, get your picture taken, and the next person steps in front of it, and they get their picture taken. So you'll see some of that on social, I'm sure, this weekend. Um, yeah, so we're super excited. It is Mental Health Month, and we, in honor of Mental Health Month, open a place in Hoboken. Why not? So um, let's see. Who am I going to start with? First up is Suheili Nunez. Tell everybody who you are. Hello. Good morning. I am Suheili Nunez. I am a Pisces. Diana just told me what my rising sign was, but I kind of forgot. <laughs> well, we're going to find out what it is. It's your, your, your moon. Oh, I said it wrong. It's your moon sign, I believe, is Pisces. Okay. Yes. Um, we have determined a lot. We found out a lot of birthdays and a lot of really good things. So who, whose Zodiac do you want to hear from next? Let's see. <laughs> I will pass it to Victoria. Hi, everyone. I'm Victoria Rodriguez. I am an Aquarius. <laughs> All I got for you. <laughs> so we'll go from there. <laughs> I'm going to pass it on to Tia. Hi. Good morning, everyone. Tamika Covington, um, also an Aquarius. Not big on Zodiacs, but I'm also an Aquarius. So raising the roof for the January babies in here. You're appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> so pass it over to Ariana. Hi, I'm Ariana Eisenberg. I'm also an Aquarius. There are a lot of air signs in this conversation. <laughs> um, and I'm going to pass it over to Susan. Hi, morning, everyone. And I am Sue Miller, and I am Aries. So I think that's my moon and my sun, I believe, but I'm not sure where I'm rising. So I'm going to bring it back all to right. Diana, who can tell me all about that. Well, I mean, I can tell you a little bit more about, I mean, you know about me. <laughs> I, I, I know about my own zodiac, and I'm a Virgo with Sagittarius rising, and one or two or six planets in Virgo. I think it's important that you should all know your sign. We'll do that later on just a different day. Maybe we'll have an, a 
astrologer, come to the office, figure it out, learn more about each other. But in the meantime, so today, as we celebrate um, Mental Health Month, I did a little research. And fun fact, it started in 1949. Um, of course, now we know about it more, more so because of social media. But in 1949, I'm going to lose the actual organization, National Mental Health Association maybe started it uh, to highlight the importance of mental health and also people who were cured of mental illnesses. So I'm curious in 1949, what they described as mental illness and what we call straight up mental health and just the various ways we move through our emotions now. So it's exciting to know and see that on, I don't know, I guess on news, we'll call it, but also the stigma is still there. So I thought it was important for us to come together and talk about it, considering what we do every day, trying to combat people, combat the stigma and also support people on their road, either their road to recovery or just the road of being human. So when you were asked to talk about mental health, Victoria, what were your first thoughts? Um, so yeah, my first thoughts were, first off, just how important month is. I mean, how important mental health is in general, but just to have a month to focus on, you know, just all of the aspects around it and, and breaking the stigmas and for and really kind of promoting taking an investment in mental health because mental health is just as important as your physical health. If you don't invest in both, you're not going to be a complete individual or complete person. So I think having this month to kind of have the awareness in just an extra way and really give people that that background and that feedback is just, you know, so important. What do you think, Susan? I, I agree with what Victoria had to say and taking stock in yourself and recognizing, I think, to highlight and to also uh, focus. Most people, you know, they, they really would rather go about their, their day-to-day lives. And I think it's interesting how in 1949, mental awareness became, you know, a month, a focus. And I'm looking at, in terms of history, it's post-war. So there was a lot of trauma, PTSD, and here we are. We're not even through this pandemic. So we haven't hit PTSD, so to speak. So we're, we're still going through it. It's a reminder that we need to take stock in our own mental health as part of our, our total health. That was, um, PTSD was a really good thing to mention because I don't think that even that diagnosis was there in 1949. Ariana, what do you think? I don't think it was diagnosis. I, I guess I was thinking about my own mental health or like when the first time I thought about what mental health meant for myself. And I kind of remembered a time in high school when someone called me neurotic. And I think I realized for the first time that I might have something mental health related, right? That I might be a nervous person or more than a nervous person. <laughs> when you heard it, that's so interesting when you heard it, because I, I also was just thinking about when I started thinking about my mental health. And what it meant. And I was not in high school. I was coming, I was coming out of a, you know, one of those relationships that you're like, ooh, 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 ooh. Somebody should have told me a little bit about this before I got in here. Um, and found myself in therapy. And we were like, I was like, huh, this is so interesting. But I was in my 20s, late, like later 20s. And that could be a generation thing too, between you and I, for sure. Um, Tamika, what are you thinking over there? Well, for me, I am super big on mental health, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a clinician. That's one part of it. But I do believe that there is still a lot of stigma surrounding health and having conversations about mental health. Um, So I always appreciate platforms and people holding space to be able to have these conversations to help normalize it a bit more. I think that a lot of times there is an acknowledgement, even with, with our loved ones, within our families, like there's something there, but 
people are not necessarily willing to actually go through the process and put a name to it and figure out what tools they can actually utilize to help them with their mental health challenges. So I would say that I am appreciative for Mental Health Awareness Month because, again, it pushes the conversation. It helps us to um, continue to normalize conversations about mental health and wellness and awareness and also gives us an opportunity to celebrate our growth. So we've come a ways, but we still have a ways to go. So that's kind of my thoughts surrounding mental health. I love that. Celebrating our, we do have a long way to go, but to have, to pause, celebrate how far we've come. What's on your mind, Suheili? I think having this conversation and discussing different generation errors, it speaks to prevalence and mental health, although not synonymous, it's always been prevalent. It's just never been talked about as much. And we all have mental health. It's part of the overall health. It's psychological, it's social, it's emotional well-being. And what I believe this month does, and this type of platform, which I'm extremely grateful for, is that it spreads the message. It normalizes this conversation that we're having. So I believe it's important to continue shedding light and continue providing different distribution systems to spread the message about mental health. Because I noticed that a lot of people, more people are seeking out that information. And we want to make it as available as any other service that's just a click or a phone call away. Right. And I think when we actually talk about mental health, right, that just the statement itself, like, um, because that has been sitting with me, like, we have good mental health, we have negative mental health. But what, Susan, what would you what would you say is good mental health? Well, I, I truly feel that it's up to the individual person what good mental health is. So mm-hmm. starting with the individual, and uh, are you able to accomplish your daily tasks? So I think, I hate to say at a minimum, but I think that if you have a certain number of daily tasks and you're not completing them the way you typically do, then it's, it's a tip off. It's a, it's a trigger. It's a sign. It's like, oh, okay. So I'm not really enjoying that cup of coffee in the morning, or I'm not able to get up when I'd like to, I'm not able to really enjoy talking to my friend or talking to my partner. So when your daily activities are compromised, it's, it's a sign. It's something to listen to. Many times we don't listen to it until it's really in you know, a difficult place. That's a really, I like the way that you formatted that. Like what is, what day-to-day activities like having coffee or getting out of bed seem to be painful or like so taxing? I mean, it's one thing that like one day you're like, I don't want to get up, but like in general, if you don't want to get out of bed, it's a good sign. It's not a good sign. It's, it is a sign that maybe, and how you're talking to yourself. I think that like when I ask people if they would talk to other people the way that they talk to themselves, and 99% of people are like, yeah, no, I would never say half of what I say to myself to another person. Like I wouldn't talk to another person the way I like beat myself up to just do that, do this, do that. And having that voice out to come outside of you and like have somebody hear it and normalize it for me was what got me on the couch and the first time and then and the multiple times later. Um, what kind of things do you see, Tamika, for people like coming in, coming into treatment or negative or positive mental health practices? Could be either one. Yeah, I mean, for me, especially during the pandemic, I feel like a lot of people have decided to address. Their mental health challenges um, more so now than than ever before um, in my personal experience because we had to sit with our thoughts for a very long time. A lot of us have been working from home and in the house and 
just sitting with ourselves or our loved ones. And we had a lot of times to think about the things that we like, that we dislike, the things that have triggered us or continuously showing up in our lives that we just really don't like. So for a lot of my clients, I know that they've expressed uh, challenges with anxiety and depression and being able to address even things from their childhood. Like that has come up for a lot of people. Like I never really addressed this. I always kind of just kept busy and continued to push through. And now I think it's important that I touch on it with someone with a professional and, and I unpack it a little bit more so that I can live a more healthy lifestyle. And again, to Susan's point, it really um, speaks to the individual person, right? A healthy lifestyle can look different for each of us, but it's once you've acknowledged that you're not in a happy place, you're not in a good place, you're not doing or wanting to do the activities that you used to once love, you know, you don't want to engage in those activities, then maybe it's time to address my mental health. And, and therapy is one way to do that. I saw that you finger playing the rules. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's so great you mentioned the pandemic, because I also think that mental health can be contextual, right? The situation we're in can also really be damaging our mental health, right? We all had a toxic job, or when we were younger, our parent was less ideal. And we lived in houses that maybe made us feel worse, or maybe our school system made us feel worse. You know, I'm thinking a little bit about how Mental Health Month bumps up against Pride Month and how so many LGBTQ kids have participate in covering behavior where maybe they are one person at home and there's someone else out in the world and how those can be two different mental health environments, right? So I'm so glad you brought a pandemic because I feel like a lot of people had a tough time and part of it might be the pandemic, right? The context of the situation we're finding ourselves in. So no, I'd have to say I completely agree with what Ariana, Tegan, and Susan have said. I think the pandemic was like this huge trigger, not only of all of these slew of issues that people may be, I mean, first of all, I think individuals were finding themselves in positions that they've never thought they'd be in, right? So you have all these new feelings that are coming up from the pandemic itself, but then it also was in many ways a trigger for all of these things that were just historically embedded in people that they maybe have not recognized. So they called into question, like, what are your coping strategies? Did you have depressive moods before? What is your anxiety? How do you deal with things? And I think some people, you know, obviously just, again, to speak everyone's, you know, prior points, everyone's baseline is different. Everyone's, you know, based on their social history and their and their mental their mental health history and their physical history, all of these things come to, you know, build up with patient, you know, patient's resiliency or kind of how they can cope with things. Um, so everyone was kind of starting from different things, coming with different histories, now dealing with all of this stuff. Um, so I think it kind of, at least what I've seen in, in you know, our work or my practice too, is just that it's a lot of people coming with a lot of different things and helping them navigate where they're at, like in this moment, to not only touch base on just getting through the season, but also maybe potentially deal with a lot of stuff that's just been there uh, for years. I think the layers, right? I see a lot of layers coming into sessions also. Like some will come in and say, oh, I just thought it was time. I'm, I'm very anxious about my job. And the more you talk to them, the more you realize like it might be their relationship. It might be their relationship with their mom. It, it might be their apartment is too loud. Like there's a lot of layers coming into session. And I don't know if you noticed that also, Sue Haley, with the patients that you're getting. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like peeling an onion, right? And with these new COVID restrictions that are being lifted, uh, we're noticing that a lot of people are just holistically reacting to a very difficult situation. Um, the thing is that a lot of people tend to associate therapy or seeing a professional with spiraling or with crisis. And that's not easy. People tend to associate uh, 
treatment with something negative, right? And then shame surrounds that, and shame is a silencer. Um, and therapy doesn't always have to be the last resort, even with something like that, with this anticipating feeling of, well, you know, now I'm going to have to go back to work. What is that going to look like, right? I'm still safe, I'm still home, but how can I prepare? So this can be a form of preventive treatment if you just want a sounding board, if you want support. Take care of your mental health now so it doesn't devolve. And if it does, we're here for you. So yeah, it's it's a lot of realistic reactions, I think, you know, and we can all empathize with that and understand that. You read a really amazing point, which I think happens so much, which is that people think they have to actively be in crisis. It has to be the worst day of their life to call a therapist, right? And also, I see it a lot on the other side. After the crisis has been dealt with, it feels like people sometimes are like, oh, it's been six months. I don't have a problem. So let's just stop therapy now. When I think actually you can get to so many of those underlying issues if you just like stick it out a little more. Tamika, do you have any thoughts on what we're talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I was going to say that, you know, I definitely agree with what everyone was sharing um, because we have these conversations even in our supervisions, right? We speak about working with different clients and what may be showing up for them, but also the fact that within their inner circles, like therapy may still not be normalized, right? So some, there's still shame. And for some people considering going to therapy and and helping to break the stigma in that sense, I wanted to get a sense of your thoughts on why is there still such a big stigma surrounding therapy and why therapy may not be like the go-to for everyone right now. Like it's one form, one approach, but it's not for everyone at this point. So what are your thoughts? I guess, you know, Susan, you can jump in. Yeah, no, that's a really interesting question, uh, Tamika, and one I struggle with uh, personally as well as professionally. And I, I think just going back to our country was founded on individualism. You know, there's such a drive, you know, for, for all immigrants, you know, to come to America, to make their way, to have this ratio Alger, you know, I'm going to conquer all the elements and I'm going to do this on my own. I don't need anyone. Well, that, that works, you know, to so, you know, to some degree, but certainly um, we are all affected physically, mentally, emotionally by all the ideals that we have and, and the drive that we have. It's, it does take a toll. And I think that because there's this sense of this picture perfect sense of what an American is to look like, uh, we all are supposed to follow that, that model, that mold. And that doesn't exist, as we all know. And living that you know, comes with it, this sense of idealism, perfectionism, which has a whole host of um, symptoms that I think, you know, as we as clinicians at Be Well have certainly seen. And, and it varies, you know, culturally and ethnic, you know, the ethnic um, backgrounds folks all comes apart in how we respond to, to therapy and our approaches. Yeah, thank you for that. And in the age of social media, I think that it's very easy to get sucked into this image and this idea of what is right, what is the American dream? Like, what should I show up as? You know, if, if myself or my spouse or my children is struggling with a mental illness, like, how does that take away from this picture perfect way that I'm presenting my life is, right? What are your thoughts on that, uh, Victoria? What do you think about this idea of still fighting to break the stigma in 2021 and also why therapy may not be? the right approach for everyone at this point in time. What else? If it's not therapy, what else? 
right? You know, a lot of good questions there. Uh, so I just wanted to say, I think it's very interesting that you bring up social media, even because I do think that like social media has played a like, it's like a double edged sword. Like I think a lot of people do get some information and it is kind of like breaking the stigma in some capacities. But I do think that comparison factor and it always being in your face is like a whole nother thing that people are dealing with. So it's kind of like this double edged sword. I do think, I think Ariana spoke about the onion earlier <laughs> or just kind of these layers. And I think kind of even stigmatizing um, or how it's been stigmatizing has been like this history of layers taking into account just kind of what it is in, in American culture, but also when you do kind of bring all of these different, um, you know, people that do like they're coming from their own different cultures and backgrounds. And when you say, for example, from my own personal experience, I'm in a American Puerto Rican group in a very Hispanic neighborhood. No one talked about therapy growing up. I don't know one person who went to therapy growing up. And now it's kind of like, now we are seeing more and more individuals from a lot of different backgrounds kind of being more open to it, but there's still a lot of those barriers and kind of cultural context of just like, maybe I don't need it or what is that? Or it's never really been resourced. And then there's affordability and there's like so many different layers to kind of what um, what the stigmas are and, and how to kind of get access. But I think, and to your point, not being for everyone, I think people do need to, you know, be in a place where they do want to partake. Otherwise, it might not be as effective. And sometimes it's hard to reach that point. But I think even just having a little in or starting to get curious can kind of step towards taking that larger step to see someone. Take a break right here, and then we'll be back in a second. As you know, I am a huge supporter of therapy. And if there was ever a time to prioritize your mental well-being, it's now. As the founder of Be Well Psychotherapy, I am proud to announce my team is leading the way in online therapy. Be Well is based in New York City, and we were one of the first practices to pivot to online therapy with the outbreak of COVID-19. With over 15 licensed therapists, Be Well offers a variety of methodologies and approaches so you can select a therapist that is a good fit for you. We help individuals of all ages, including kids, teens, couples, and wait for it, we even have online group therapy. There is no need to struggle alone with feelings of depression, anxiety, isolation, grief, or loss. To learn more, visit BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, that's one word, to 484848 to get connected with a therapist today. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, one word, B-E-W-E-L-L, to 484848 to get connected to a therapist today. And now back to our amazing show. And just like that, we're back. So um, now we're going to pivot, pivot, haha, using that word that was way overused in March. We all remember last year how many times we said pivot to working at home. And now the world's opening back up. So I have lots of feelings about the world opening up <laughs> personally and otherwise like I'm having, um, I came here on Tuesday to work. Okay. I can walk to this office from my apartment in 10 minutes, which is delightful. I can't lie. I was exhausted at the end of the day. It was like a whole new thing. I was like, oh no, no, no. I had to get up, get dressed like I couldn't do that like midday shower thing that I've been pulling off which has been kind of cute not cute in the middle of the day when you're running around town and I was like I this is gonna be a thing what do you what <laughs> how do you feel about it Suheili this going back up this go before I finish that thought because I keep saying going back to work but we've all been working going yeah. back outside so I want to make sure that I'm reframing it to exactly what is really happening 
What do you think? Yeah, I think, I believe it's going to be an adjustment, right? We've been in this pandemic for, what, a little over a year now. I want to stress going at your own pace. The restrictions are being lifted. We're going back to work. Schools are opening. But you don't have to rush to the things that you were doing before the pandemic, right? Some places of employment are offering hybrid, right? Like part-time at work and part-time at home, which is great. But if not, you know, go at your own pace. If you want to start socializing with your friends in a safe way, great. If you're not ready for that as well, you shouldn't be ashamed of that. You know, I'm lucky enough to have a backyard. So whenever I just want some fresh air and maybe I don't know, I feel a little bit anxious about being around too many people, I'll go in my backyard and I'll get some fresh air and slowly start exposing myself to the real world, you know? So going at your own pace um, and not being ashamed about your level of, you know, where you're at, not matching where the people around you are at. It's it's okay. You don't want to compare yourself to everyone else. We're not going to put your address on blast just so that you know, but um, I saw a few of us go, uh, Ariana <laughs> touched her pearls over there. She's like, wait, what? Did I hear a backyard? I'm feeling, I, I'm feeling a bell barbecue is going to happen somewhere, but we'll get to that at the end. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of the selling point here because yeah, if you have a backyard, it's like this tiny. So when I saw that this place had a backyard, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm stalled. Well, I mean, outdoor space was the key, right? Like be, being able to walk outside and like just getting outside has been all year has been just like, go, go, go. So I'm, I'm envious of that backyard, but it's okay. I'll see it. <laughs> Victoria, what's on your mind? No, I agree with Suhail. I think it's, um, you know, just everyone kind of taking their own pace and finding out what that means to them. I think, you know, it's, it's, what's that for you? It's not a sprint marathon. You don't want to like go out too, too fast, too soon, and then, and have it even worse and more have, have worse impact on kind of your process. I think kind of carrying over whatever healthy routines have been established during the pandemic or in the season and trying to maybe start there and adapt them in a way that kind of transitions into being more social. I think it is having like a greater self-awareness or trying to have self-awareness if things kind of impact you when you're going outside or if social anxiety is a little on the up. Maybe you, you go for your walk earlier or later when there's not as many people around or, you know, it's, it's kind of finding those adjustments that are going to get uh, you as an individual more comfortable, just kind of getting back out there and, and recognizing that you're not alone in that. You know, you're not the only person that's feeling that. Um, you're not the only person at all. That's really not, um, and just kind of, you know, falling back on whatever supports or healthy routines you've established and coping strategies to kind of help, uh, I guess, manage that anxiety and that reentry. I love that. Yeah, I, I agree with Suhaili and Victoria. I truly think that, you know, knowing your comfort level, right, slow and steady makes for a sustained change. And transitions, again, this is another you know, good point. You have to transition back to what your comfort level is going to be, your risk level. So finding out what you are able to, to manage. So be an observing participant to observe how you're thinking, how you're feeling. So taking like sort of a two-step you know, above, little bird's eye view of yourself. How are you feeling? What's it like? But also participating, right? So if you're going to go into, into the office and it's absolutely exhausting, right? Name it, tame it. Okay, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling disjointed. Name that to tame those really kind of forceful feeling. So all this is really good information for how you address your daily activities and how those are changing. So 
So yeah, as Victoria said, just we are all going through this, right? The pandemic has affected everyone. So how you are managing individually is, is what matters. Um, okay, name it, tame it. I'm feeling that for sure. We are, we're all going to see it somewhere. Name it to tame it. I love that. As you were talking, I don't expect any either Tamika or Ariana to say that push yourself out there. <laughs> so, but I do, Um, it's a, a lot of what I'm hearing. I'm, I'm not a CBT therapist by any stretch of the imagination. However, but I'm hearing a lot, like there's a lot of exposure therapy really happening as we start if we really think about it, like going to start to expose ourselves to things that were everyday activities that are no longer everyday activities. And what does that mean? And how, how much do we take in? And how much do we, how, how do we decide, Mika? How, do, how are we going to decide what's right for us? Like, what, what's it going to look like? I think you have to check in with yourself. So, you know, as you know, Diana, I am a school clinician as well. Right. So I've, I've been in the school for a couple months now. Um, we do work in the office or in the school building from Monday through Thursday, and then Friday we're home. So it's funny because prior to us transitioning back to the school, I was feeling a little bit antsy in the house. And I felt like I need to get back into that school building. I need a change of scenery, a change of pace. Like, I think that's going to be good for me. I know that working home like has its luxury, but I think I need to be back in the school building. But I'm exhausted already. I haven't been really <laughs> getting up, as you said, to get dressed. Like to leave the house about six o'clock in the morning to get to the school building, to be wide awake after seven for the kids who are coming into the building. It's still a hybrid model. Usually we have about 700 kids. Right now we're at about 80. Um, So there is a change. But what I would say is that it's important to continuously check in with yourself. What do you feel comfortable with? Um, Being real with yourself, communicating that to other people. I think that, you know, my fellow colleagues here brought up a perfect point. Like there is no rush. Okay. If you don't feel comfortable hanging out in larger crowds, then don't hang out in larger crowds. If it's just, you know, you and your close knit friends catching up for the weekend for brunch or whatever, and you decide, okay, everyone has to take a COVID test or everyone has to be vaccinated, whatever the agreement is, just make sure that you're comfortable with that and that you're showing up as your authentic self, even in that area. I think that's the best way to go about it, ideally. I like the the talk about, I don't want to say rules, but sort of like the bargaining, right? I saw somebody the other day for the first, oh, right, because that, like, I, who have I not actually seen in person? Suheili. Right. Like me, I, you know, I only know you from the neck up. So like when I see you, I'm going to hug you. Right. So there's going to be a conversation like, can, is, is that, are you comfortable with it? Just be ready. It's coming when you're going to get the question. It's going to happen. I'm a hugger. Okay, great. It's good to know, but that, because it's coming. So, but that like navigating that conversation, like, where are you in this? Where are you here? Are you comfortable here? Are you I'm going to take my mask off now. I'm not going to take my mask off. Like, what is it? Where are we in it and how to articulate like what our boundaries are around it? And when you were saying like, I'm dying to get out of my house too, because I think it's going to be good for my relationship (laughs) because we have navigated this storm, but I'm like, okay, y'all it's time. Like, I love you. You are cute. Thank God. But woof. Like we've been together for a long time. But even when I went out the other day, he was like, what, where are you going? I'm like, to the office. He was so confused. It was just like, what, what? And then monkey's confused. I had to take monkey with me. He wasn't quite ready. All the people who bought dogs during the pandemic, just watch out. They're not ready for you to leave. What's on your mind about going outside? Going outside. Yes, Ariana. 
something I say a lot to patients is if it's not fun, why are we doing it? And I think that kind of applies to this situation because if it's not fun, why are we forcing ourselves to do it? I see a lot of people like rushing to brunch. Personally, like that doesn't sound fun to me. I really miss brunch. So I'm kind of skipping it for right now. But I think that everyone's touched on this idea of being honest with yourself and sort of this radical acceptance of the idea that like you really don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. I think everyone's treating the return to to normalcy as a light switch, right? It's either on or it's off. And I think that there's just like therapy, a million different shades between on and off. Just to add to that, it made me think of, of having realistic expectations, you know, and not being under the assumption that just because the, the world is opening up, that it's going to be exactly how it was before, right? So if I were to go outside now that uh, we don't really have to wear masks if you're 100% vaccinated, if I went outside with the expectation that I'm going to have no anxiety, that I'm going to feel completely myself, and I'm going to get back to, you know, this normal before the pandemic, I would be for root awakening. This doesn't mean you don't prepare yourself to have realistic expectations of what's a more realistic way of viewing re-entering the world, right? What are some things that may come up that may trigger me, right? That maybe have triggered other people just to keep it in the back of my mind. Uh, some things that may cause a little bit of nervousness and to prepare for it. And I think, you know, I, expectations is something that's very important for me and kind of like what Diana mentioned of what that experience is going to be like now that I'm going to be engaging with under other individuals in person and having that conversation of, you know, what's comfortable for you, what's comfortable for me so that, you know, we can come to some form of mutual agreement and better adjust to this new normal post-pandemic. Right. The po- now yep. we had new normal. Now we have post-pandemic new normal. We had, there's a, all sorts. 2023 is going to be a year. Susie, what's on your mind? <laughs> You know, I think everyone is, is really expressing the concerns that we have, in, you know, for ourselves individually and for our families, as well as for our patients, our clients. And I, slow and steady, slow and steady makes for sustained change. And so I'm just utilizing, you know, the tools that we certainly discuss in our um, in our offices, whether it's our home office or it's at the work office. And um, you know, there was a sense of intimacy working at home with with our with clients, with our patients, there was. And so there were, you know, people or animals coming into the Zoom conversation. There was, you know, internet went down. And so there's this, there was less perfection, which I think was a really good positive that, that I certainly have been feeling. And a sense of, okay, you know, you're seeing my office. What are these things in my office? This is not how I envisioned you to be. And that was opening up another avenue of conversation. So what does it mean to go back to the office? What happened to that old person? Yeah, that's, um, I've been, I was going through like a year in review as you were talking and like at the beginning of the pandemic, I got up every day and put a dress on like I was going to work. Right. And now I, like I said, you know, the first part of the day, I'm definitely still in the workout clothes. Um, and then I, I had it in my head that I was going to be all dressed up for you guys today, but I've been running back and forth on my bike. And so it's been a thing, like how it's all changed and like what habit have definitely gotten a little bit laxed, right? And where you do things and how you do things and just think. And I was also thinking as soon as I was talking about just like what it feels like to be outside without the mask. That in itself is anxiety producing for me personally. I'm like, did I forget something? Like, like you forgot your keys. Like, where is it? Do I have it? Should I put it on? Should I not put it on? What, like that little confusion has been enough to make me tired. 
I don't know about the rest of you, but definitely I'm like, oh, do I buy more? No. Do I do I work with the ones that I have? Are these going to be a permanent thing? Am I going to are they going to match my outfits this fall like they did last fall? Like those are things that take up a new space in your brain that were weren't there before. The other thing that I was thinking of as you were talking, Susan, is uh, the historic moment that you brought up post war after the war. Like what what sort of what sort of PTSD are we going to see? Like as we're like, let's just let's name it, Tamika. Let's, let's name what you think we're going to see. Yeah, I think that we touched on it a little bit, but there definitely may be various forms of anxiety showing up because we don't know how to respond to this new normal, like we keep calling it, right? It's like, what normal? We're not going back to business as usual, but will I ever feel comfortable in a stadium? Will I ever feel comfortable in a, a 5,000, 10,000 person concert without a mask or getting on the train or anything else? So I think that we're definitely going to see um, some more anxiety being heightened um, as things open back up because because we are exposing ourselves to things that we don't we don't really know how we're going to respond, right? Um, and we hope that people will be so in tune with themselves from the therapy that they received from us throughout the pandemic to say, you know what, this I'm not ready and this doesn't feel right and let me slow down a little bit. Um, we definitely don't want anyone going into full-blown anxiety and, and panic attacks because they feel like they've lost a sense of control or that they can't wrap their head around um, what this new normal is. So I, I would say those are some of the things that we might we might see as as time goes on and as outside opens up. Okay, I will say that 500-person stadium, I was like, what, what is she talking about? Like, is that actually going like, to come back? It didn't even cross, like, things like that didn't even cross my mind. But Broadway's opening in September, and I'm like, I can't wait to get tickets. So what is that going to look like? Right. Yeah. Right. Who's going to the movies? Anybody? Susan, un un unmute yourself, girl. What? I, I have to tell you, if you're going to ask me what I've missed most about my day-to-day -day life, I go to the movies. All I did. Yeah. Go to the movies all the time. I'm not sure yeah. how ladies may feel, but it is a place where I enjoy the community. You know, we're watching this piece of art, right? And you can get lost in it. It's a way for me to bring down the anxiety level and just completely focus on the art that's in front of me and, and to be in a community. So I, but that also brings up a lot of anxiety for me as well. You know, how do I feel? I'm going to wear a mask in the movie theater. I am. Okay. Popcorn. No. Yes. Okay. Just and, and milk duds. Okay. And maybe junior mints. In a popcorn? Of course. But I, you know, there's an, okay. order, to it. There's, there's an order to it. So it's salty than the sweet. Oh yeah. No, I pour the whole thing in. I put the M&Ms in the popcorn. So like it's, Don wants to know if you want butter on your popcorn. <laughs> Not with the sweets in. So I, I will have it plain and then I'll have the sweet. You know, but butter and then hold on. I love where we're going here. Ariana, what's what's the thing you want to do? You want to do? I mean, I went to movies in September. My husband and I drove to Connecticut to see a Christopher Nolan movie in theater because you have to see Christopher Nolan movies in theater, I guess. So I I've been that. to the movie. <laughs> All right. Um, Recently, I went to a Mets game. It was really nice to like be out in public in a place we used to go. It's nice to savor all these places that are big and crowded all the time without as many people. But it was nice because it kind of got me prepped to return to those places when there were so many people there. It's just kind of like a little test run. Oh, that's cool. Toria and Sue Haley, I see you are a Mets fan. Okay. <laughs> 
what is it you what is it you missing that you want to do well, I think it is just kind of getting back out there more like I have like sports and haven't been to any games or it's kind of I don't know reintegrating in different ways I have it like I've gone to brunch and done some socializing like in that way like going out to restaurants is old news for me but I would love to just kind of like yeah get back out there travel a little bit more maybe I've gone home to visit my family because they're not here but kind of being more comfortable with some of those things I love it Tika mine is definitely um experiencing the drive through movie theaters uh which oh. I do consider before the pandemic but they have one in jersey and like the newark area and yeah that was awesome to be able to experience that my husband and i went um i also invited my cousin and her uh fiance and it was it was great it was very old school i loved it oh i love that and while we're at the barbecue at sue haley's house in her backyard you can tell me where that drive through is in jersey okay this is great there's we're gonna have so much fun at that barbecue sue <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What what do you think? What do you what's your thing that you want to do? For me, well, I've always loved going to the gym. Um, so I was super excited that that was they opened that like in September. Something I noticed, which I kind of said, oh, is this is this what we're doing? Is so at the gym, you don't have to wear masks anymore, right? If if you're vaccinated, and I went into my gym yesterday, and everybody had a mask on. So I thought maybe they haven't fully implemented it yet. So I asked the, the person at the, behind the counter, and I said, do do we have to wear a mask? And he said, yeah, but I don't want people to know that not vaccinated, or I don't want people to know like just this concern of like the judgment being passed and i was like oh okay that's a new thing now i thought that was interesting just this this concern of maybe how other people are going to perceive you based off of how you're going uh you know just the the precautions that you're going to take that work for you yeah i that that's a very i took it off at the gym yesterday (laughs) my thing was in-person yoga and i took an in-person yoga class and i before the mask mandate came off and I got nerfed. Like I was up in the corner and did my little, sat down, meditated, was like all ready. There was no one to my right. Inhale, warrior one, exhale, warrior two, opened up, looked around. I was like, oh no, there are too many people in here. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's not comfortable. And I was like, that's so interesting. And I was like, oh, it's yoga. They won't fill the room. Like, no, no, they did. Um, so that's going to be the thing that I'm going to go back to and travel. And I did just travel for the first time and um, found that people were so polite, which I really liked. It was like I wasn't on a flight with anybody who didn't follow the rules and people were kind and lovely and traveling. And I can't wait to do it again. Any last comments about Mental Health Month, ladies? Did we miss anything? Nothing? I just wanted to say, I think it's important that we continue to have conversations like this, like I, I shared that in the beginning. I would like to challenge our listeners to find at least one thing to do to help break the stigma. So whether that's opening up about going to therapy, so many people are secretive about going to therapy, or that's a post on social media or learning about uh, a diagnosis or disorder that you haven't learned about before, like challenge yourself to do more in the area of mental health. It affects all of us. And so considering what is my role in helping to break the stigma, I think is super important. And so that's my challenge. I love that challenge. I think that's amazing. Opening up about your own mental health, opening up about where you are on, on the mental health health spectrum, opening up about what your therapy experience or your curiosity about it and how it's helped you or um, somebody that you know and love or that's close to you or not, how you see in your world or orbit. Anybody else last thought before our last hurrah? Yes, Ariana. Um, I really like getting people normalized to asking the question, how's your mental health instead of, are you, how are you doing or are you okay? 
Because I think if we get more specific about how we ask each other about how we're doing, that we might actually be surprised at the answers we get from people. And it's like a gap in our conversation skills. So that's what I'd like to realize. Asking the question, how is your mental health? <laughs> that's a good question. That's a good one. We okay, never but- ask it. No. <laughs> No, I don't. I've never. Nope. I'm going to ask. Victoria, how's your mental health? <laughs> Good today. <laughs> Good today. Right. And I, but that's, a, that's an amazing answer because it's also as we are normalizing the conversation is that it's, it's every day. Like you, like some days are just going to suck and that's okay. It's not like the next day it could be better in the afternoon. Like I had a shitty morning. I'm having a time now. It's all, it's already like different, but like I'm able to use the tools that I've been putting into practice now for a hundred years to, um, stabilize there. Okay. Just got a little distracted because there's a fly over Jess's head and just like waving her arms. And I thought she wanted my attention. Um, so it is time for the last hurrah, ladies. This is normally when Anisha asks a, a question that has nothing to do with anything that we've talked about. So in honor of Anisha, today's last hurrah is what's your karaoke song? What is it? You're at, you're there, you're on stage. We've just left the barbecue at Sue Haley's house. We've all gone, we've all gone to karaoke. What are you singing? Victoria, go. Why did I have to go first? Because <laughs> you looked like you didn't have an answer. I was like, come on. Why? I don't know why living on a prayer was the first thing that came on my mind. Okay. It's because I don't know if that would be it. It just popped in my head. All right. Today, it would just like your mental health fluctuates. <laughs> that's your song for today. Susan, go. Uh, it's terrible. I'm like racking my brain. You're right. You picked me because I have absolutely no, no idea. Um, what song do you sing in the shower? Oh gosh, no, I, I don't no. sing any songs. No, I'm like going through my day in my shower. So I'm very good. If you'd like to know like what's on my mind, you know, <laughs> full disclosure, you know, my kids are like, you're talking to yourself, mom, enough. Okay. Would you stop talking to yourself? No, so, song? no, no, like no one that you're just going to belt it out. Like that inner singer in you is just going to. All right. Fame. All right. So we'll, okay. you'll, you'll date me. Okay. So I'm dating myself. Okay. I want to live forever. Okay. Okay, well, I mean, come on, girl. You and I were standing on that table together. <laughs> we're da- we're yeah, dating we're each other on that one. I was, one I was there. Me, you, Debbie Allen, we were all there. A little bit. Um, Ariana? Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Uh, I'm a big <laughs> private karaoke room person because it's actually the greatest form of stress relief. You, like, go in a private room with your friends. You just, like, scream songs into a microphone for an hour and you feel great afterwards. So oh don't stop God. believing. That's <laughs> amazing. I love it's it. so great. <laughs> Good to know. Noted. Stress reliever, private room, and karaoke. Go, Suheili. My goodness. So I listen to a lot of rap. So whenever I listen to Tupac, I think he's just so motivational and I become this, like, hardcore rapper. So... Tupac all the way for me. So anything, anything but Tupac. We got you Any, up there. Anything the by Tupac. Tupac and Biggie Smalls. And I'm good to go. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> I, this is going to be a party. Okay. Tamika, you're up. <laughs> I don't even know why this song popped in my head because I don't even know all the lyrics, but 24 Carat Magic uh, by Bruno Mars. It just popped <laughs> in my head. 
I don't know. Maybe the teachers bring so much light, but I cannot sing the lyrics, so I don't even know what that's in my head. But that's what I. Okay, I'm they're on the screen. Say. You don't have to get all the words right. I mean, they're all right there. You don't have to get it right. It's like you're alone singing in your car. You can make up the words. There's all we do um what's yours oh anything by mary j mary j blige all the way what's the 411 i can sing the whole album we can just stand up there all day it's all good i love it we can all hang out together just any pick one i'm up i'm singing give me another glass of wine i'm up there again it's all good um all right ladies i can't thank you enough for coming hanging out with me this morning getting us ready to open up here in Hoboken. I hope I'm going to see some of you tonight for the third part of this weekend. And you're going to get your picture taken in front of the step and repeat. All of you are taking uh, new patients right now. So if anybody, all you people who are listening, you can check them out at bewellpsychotherapy.com backslash team. And you can see what everybody is up to and um, check in with them. Each one of them is unique and wonderful in their own way. And um, I'm honored and privileged to have you on my team. So thank you so much. And I'll see you soon. You leave in the office. Thank you for listening to the Be Real podcast. Stay connected to us and subscribe to Be Real wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are feeling it, how about a five-star review? If our conversation sparked a question, join us in the Be Real podcast Facebook group. We hope that you have walked away with some new insights, curiosities, and ideas to better help you on your journey to mental wellness and overall well-being. I encourage you to go to BeWellPsychotherapy.com and check out our services and programs. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com. Okay, we have to stop here, but I'll see you next week.